0: Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. I'm here with the divine Jacinta Tynan. Jacinta is a highly regarded former Australian news presenter and journalist. She's also an author, MC, speaker, and life coach, and writes a regular column for Body and Soul magazine about spirituality. Jacinta has recently published her new book, The Single Mother's Social Club, and this is what we're going to chat about today. So, welcome, Jacinta. Oh, thank you for having me, Julie. <laughs> pleasure. It's so good to have you back this time on the other side of the microphone. So this time it's all about you.
1: Yes, I'm I'm less comfortable on this side, much rather be asking the questions.
0: (laughs) All right, well, let's kick it off because I've got so many questions for you. This podcast is called Making It Count and that's the essence of it. So what is one thing that you're doing to
1: make it count in your world? It's just the little things, I think, in my world, in my own little microcosm. I'm trying every day to be a better mum to my boys. And I don't say that in a trite way. I, I find it's something that I have to focus on all the time. It doesn't just come. I believe that that's on me to be more conscious, more present and more tuned into their needs and be the mother that they need. So it's very easy as a mum to say, why are they doing that? Why is he mucking up? Why is he saying that thing or behaving that way? But actually, I, I am aware that that's always comes back to me in some way. So I'm constantly having to look at that. And if I drop the ball, which I often do, I can own it and start again, and that's the beauty of that consciousness of, of, of being able to uh, do a repair attempt, as they call it. And I'm trying to make it count by showing my boys what's possible when you follow your truth and follow your heart because that's the life that I've carved out for them is one where I have made some pretty big decisions and I've gone against the grain and I'm hoping that they take from that 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 is possible. And that's the path we should always take. That's beautiful. I love that. So you have written your
0: fifth book, The Single Mother's Social Club. What inspired you to write that?
1: I wrote the book because I wanted to help shift the stigma around single mothers, because there is still a really big stigma, believe it or not, in this day and age. And I want to present wanted to present the side of the story that I see, which is these incredible capable, warrior women taking on the role of their lives. And I interviewed about 40 women for the book. I also shared some of my own anecdotes. That was a way to to get the real story of what it's like being a single mother, or even if that's just part of the time. I wanted these women to feel seen and validated and, and not alone. And I also wrote the book for women who are contemplating being a single mother, because that's something I know a lot of people think about if they're in a destructive relationship or, or one that's not quite right, but they're often too daunted by the concept of doing it on their own or women who are contemplating having a baby on their own via a donor or however, whatever means they want to do that. And they are often find it overwhelming. So I wanted to reassure them as well that this is not just possible, that it's a really legitimate life choice. And I also wrote the book for those who have single mothers in their lives, i.e. all of us, so that they know how to step up for these women because we need you. We need your support. Yeah, I love what you said
0: there about the role of their lives because I think that that is absolutely true for for mothers and especially single mothers in terms of, you know, playing that role model to their children who is with them, you know, quite often most of the time.
1: Yes, that's right it is such a huge responsibility and you're responsible not just for their physical well-being but for their for your children's emotional well-being often you're the only adult not always but the only adult that they've got to turn to and that's a lot of pressure that's a lot on you so it is the the biggest thing we'll ever do and what's the feedback been since you've launched the book i've actually been overwhelmed i've i have little messages still coming in on Instagram or via my website or however people find me. And that's what makes it all worthwhile because writing a book is hard work. Anyone out there listening who's contemplating writing a book, it's hard work. And you do, you are in the thick of it thinking, oh, is this going to be worth it? And so when you get those messages from people saying, this is the first time I felt peace in months, or I wish I had this book seven years ago when I started on this journey, or thank you for expressing what I've been feeling and didn't know how to put it into words, all of these wonderful messages that, that have been coming in, that, that's what makes it worth it. And I'm really glad I put the work in because if anybody reads this book and it makes them feel more validated and seen and that they're on the right path, then I'm so glad I took the time to, to interview all of those women and to put the stories into words.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: And is that the key message
0: that you would like people to take from the book is about like, you're not alone. We are, there's a lot of people in the same position as you, What what is the key message that you would like people to take from the book?
1: I think it's that, yes, you're not alone, definitely. And it's, that's why I called it the social club because we're, any, we're it's like the book is like a club. Look at all these people you have who are in the same situation. And also that idea that it's not the circumstances that cause suffering because single motherhood is, is a struggle. It's tough. It just is. There's no way around that. But it's not our circumstances that are doing that. It's our reaction to that. And we get to control the narrative and the stories that we tell about our life, and we get to choose how we react. I want women in this situation to realise that single motherhood is not about being less than or that we're not doing life right because you often feel like that. There's that judgement that permeates, but that it's an empowered choice. I mean, obviously in some cases it's not a choice if your relationship broke up and you didn't want it to or if you're a widow, of course, but otherwise, look at it as a choice that you made and and feel emboldened by that. And it's an enriching path to take raising kids on your own. I have a chapter in the book called The Upside. And when I wrote that, I asked all the women I interviewed to share their upsides to single motherhood, and they were endless. There are so many. And I'm hoping that when readers read that, that they'll shift their perspective of single motherhood and actually feel proud of themselves for this incredible role that they're living out.
0: I love that. And you're so right. Well, we, we don't necessarily have the choice about what happens to us, but we certainly have a choice about how we respond to it. So, Jacinta, you're, you're a single mom yourself and you've had to navigate a lot of change. So what did you learn about you when you were first placed in that situation?
1: I think like a lot of women who head out on this path, I didn't realise how tough it would be many women don't, because I was just focused on the next steps. I was almost in survival mode of getting my children to a safe place, emotionally safe, leaving our home, packing up their stuff and and changing the course of their lives. I felt very alone. I felt lonely at times. And I felt hugely responsible I guess I am for the well-being of my sons and for our whole future it was in my hands I was the only grown-up in this situation and I had single-handedly made a decision to change the trajectory of my little boy's lives and that's just such a huge weight of responsibility I really had nowhere to go I could either collapse in a heap or I could grow from that so I was forced to to look within and find strength I didn't know I had, and that is the incredible growth that comes from that. And I've learned so much about myself. I do not recognize myself from the woman I was when I left, but I wanted my kids to see that side of me, to not see this person who wasn't living in her truth and and was tiptoeing around. I wanted them to see the woman that I was before all of this. I go to a kinesiologist and he suggested once that I write a list of the, quote, gifts of my suffering and that was a real turning point it was an exercise i did and i include that list in the book actually i might have left a few things out but most of it's in there i came to see the gifts in that and there're always a gifts in any kind of struggle and some of them are finding the strength that i mentioned the feeling empowered taking responsibility for my life because when you've got another adult there you don't always have to do that you can hide I, I think one of the huge ones was to stop the victim narrative. I was running a real victim narrative. Poor me. Look at what's happened to me. Look at the things that have gone wrong. And I have done that for years and years, not just ab- about uh, this this latest story. And so this was an opportunity to look at that and stop that story. I'm not a victim, actually. I'm an empowered woman who's who's made some really life-affirming choices. Also, it has taught me greater empathy, It's helped me with boundaries. I've accepted that I am enough. I always thought I wasn't, but I have to be because I'm it. So I am enough. And I now create my life from my hopes and my dreams, not from other people's expectations of what I should be doing. And I think one more thing that's important to say is that I'm less afraid of suffering because that's something we often run from. We run the other way when we think it's going to get hard. I'm less afraid of those what I call big emotions. And that's the same with my children. I'm not afraid of their big emotions, the ones, the emotions that we we tend to call negative, like sadness and anger and and grief and frustration. They're not negative. They're just emotions. They're legit as well. I know those emotions if I sit with them and if I allow my kids to sit with them that they'll always lead to growth. So there's some of the things I've learned about myself since I stepped out the front door quite literally and started again.
0: Gosh, it's so brave and also facing into the narratives that you're running as well and learning and growing and I suppose owning them and also growing from them, particularly you mentioned, you know, the victim mentality that you embraced and then changed to make to something that will work for you rather than against you. So I think that's incredibly powerful. And did you find that you had a support network around you who did like care at that time for you and support you at probably one of your most vulnerable periods of time?
1: It comes from where you don't expect it. So I think the people that I thought I just assumed actually would be there for me when I took that leap, weren't necessarily there. I felt like I was jumping off a cliff and I thought, "Oh, the, the wings will come, they'll be there. And that was really hard to take. But then, you like anything, there's always a flip side. So then you focus on the love is coming from quarters I didn't expect to come from. But I have been quite um, surprised by how little people are there for you. This is just my story. And But I think there's a, there's, a, there's a caveat to this. I think that's because I wasn't in a place where I was ready to accept that. So then you don't necessarily attract it because I had very much, I'm still working on this actually, this is a big one of mine, that I do everything on my own. I've got this, I don't need anybody else, I've got it sorted. And so then that's energetic, right? So people pick up on that so they may not necessarily step in. I'm getting better at accepting generosity and kindness and support and I'm also ha- working out that I am, have, have got this and I can do a lot of this on my own, but I don't necessarily need to.
0: We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high-performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. So I think there's a lot of messages in this book, not only for single mums, but for women in general, because something that really saddened me, you know, in the book and hearing about it is that social exclusion and judgment that single mothers experience. And that's another thing that I really resonated with because... Being single for 10 years in my 30s, I found that I was very much in, excluded from certain social situations and judged. Like I, I'm not, I don't have children. There was a particular judgment about me not having children. So I can certainly get that. So how can single mothers own their story?
1: Yeah, you get to decide the story you tell. That's the thing so there is that that narrative you talked about there i i wrote in the book about the social exclusion of single mothers and as you say it's not just single mothers it affects it affects anyone basically who doesn't quite fit the mold and i think that's the common theme there people don't realize they're even doing it most of the time it's like a cognitive dissonance but it's just oh you don't quite fit into this nuclear family model and we don't know where to put you so a lot of people felt that, and it was like a universal theme amongst the women I spoke to. Every single one of them talked about that happening. But we don't have to take that on. Live into the narrative that we, that you create and create the life that, that you want to live, not how anyone else says it is going to go. So it's not a story of lack or something missing or not doing life right. It's an empowered life choice. And if it wasn't your choice to raise kids on your own, because it's not always, then tell the story of courage and empowerment and growth that it's taken for you to step into it and embrace that. And if we reframe that story, then our kids are going to tell that story too. And so then that becomes the reality. It's not like you're kidding yourself. It's just look at it a different way. And someone said to me once when I was in the middle of all of this, I still am in the middle of all of this, but somebody said to me, you should be really proud. And I started to cry because I'd never thought about it like that. And now I do. Just like that, I've flipped that story. I am really proud of what i've what I've done and the life I'm creating for my kids. So sometimes it's just about it being suggested to you that there's another way to tell this story. Don't take on other people's versions of it.
0: Yeah, so powerful. And do you find through creating that narrative in your own story that you then find a tribe of like-minded people that you can hang out with, so to speak?
1: Yes, I found that, well, the universe abhors a vacuum. So if you create space, something will come to fill it. So I have found that the people that I spend a lot of time with have have started to shift. And I think that's, it's not just about me hanging out with single mothers, not at all. In fact, uh, I don't have that, a lot of single mother friends, but it's about the people that are resonating with the energy that you're putting out. And so you just start to notice as you evolve and grow, then other people start moving into play who are on that similar path. And that's really exciting because I I know some people say, oh, I've already made my friends. I don't have any vacancies. I have vacancies. I have vacancies all the time. And it will just happen that some people will drop off and new people will come in and, you know, this is old solid friends that aren't going anywhere. But it's really exciting to, I love meeting new people and people who are, who are on the path of growth and evolution. And I find it really exciting. Yeah, I
0: love I love that I have vacancies. I'm going to adopt that just in time because I could have been one of those people who said, oh, I don't have space for more people to come into my life. And um, But you're right, people do sort of come in and come out. So I'm going to adopt that. I've got vacancies too. I love that. I think it's really empowering. <laughs> raising children on your own must i just and i don't have an appreciation for it but it must be so exhausting i know when i have my niece and nephew sleep over when they were little and as they were growing up i by the time i gave them back <laughs> I was exhausted but I could give them back Um, and then I think I slept for a day so what do you do to support yourself so that you can be the best mum to your children but also the best version of yourself that you can be
1: well actually for many separated and divorced single mothers where there's a co-parent here's the secret they actually get a break when their kids spend time with the other parent, which is more than many women get when they're in a nuclear family unit with another adult there. They don't get that break. So they'll often say to me, friends who are in partnerships or married will often say, oh, what I would give for a weekend away or half the school holidays. I don't actually agree with that necessarily, by the way, because I think that it's not the same when it's enforced upon you. It'd be nice to just have that happy medium of, you you know, a little bit of a little bit of a break here and there, but not Every second we can. Anyway, I have so much respect, though, for solo mothers who are genuinely doing it all on their own. And obviously I talked to some of those for the book and I have lots of friends in that position. I'm just in, in awe of them and I don't know how they do it, particularly during lockdown. Either way, no matter what your circumstances are, it is absolutely imperative that we take time to support ourselves. It's we've got to find a way. Now, for me, it's meditation. I meditate twice a day. I've done that since I was pregnant with my first child and he's 12, so do the maths. That It's called Vedic meditation. I do it 20 minutes twice a day. That keeps me calmer than I would be otherwise. I don't say it keeps me calm because it doesn't all the time, (laughs) but calmer than I would be. It keeps me more present and focused and much more self-aware. So I know that it's that meditation. It is so incredibly powerful and that is what gives me those tools to not to get it right all the time, but to be able to look at myself as if from above and realize what I'm doing and own it and take responsibility. And from and only then can you can you look at it and shift it.
0: OK, so meditation is your thing. And I know you're incredibly disciplined, disciplined with that.
1: Well, I can't miss it, actually, because if I do, I can't sleep. So it's not, people often say to me, oh, you're so good with your meditation. But it is if I don't do it, I grind my teeth and I can't sleep. So I have to do it. Mm. So what
0: do you say to people who say they don't have time? Because I hear that excuse all the time. I have a radar up for it with my busy stuff, but I just hear that constantly from people
1: who don't have time to take care of themselves, particularly women. You create time because if we're talking about meditation, meditation is it, it, incredibly powerful and this is scientific, scientifically proven that it creates more time because you're more focused and so you get more done in a small amount of time so even if I've got stuff going on well, I always have stuff going on I will carve out that 20 minutes at the beginning of the end of the day because I know that then whatever I do in the day I'm getting it done faster It just you just have to make that time. Just you do have the time. You would if you look back through the day, there would be twenty minutes that you've scrolled on Instagram or read a magazine. Who reads a magazine? But online, yeah. (laughs) Or or you know, chatted to a friend about nothing or stared out the window. You will always find the time, and then when you do, the time that you have, you'll be better. You'll be there. You'll actually, you not just physically, but you'll be emotionally present.
0: Agree. So what is next for Jacinta? Uh,
1: well, I've got a few little things going on. As you mentioned in your intro, I write a column for Body and Soul on spirituality, which I'm loving because that is just my two great loves, spirituality, well, personal growth, I, I guess, and writing. And I explore different spiritual modalities and concepts and as I'm going through them myself. So that's a dream come true. So I've got that going on. And a few other little projects on the ball that I'm hoping to get up, but I also am a qualified life coach now. So I went and did a diploma in positive mental health coaching. It's something I've been interested in for a while. And that just, I am so enjoying that. That fills me up just to play a a small role in empowering people to live in their truth and follow their dreams. It just really excites me when I see that happening. I love nothing more than seeing other people stepping into their truth. I love that, and that's such a beautiful
0: note to end our chat on. Just to say thank you so much for sharing your story for t- today, and also for making it count for so many special people, and for creating this—you know—the single mothers social club where people can really get that validation and feel like that they are part of something. For people who are often feeling like excluded and feeling like things are really tough. So Jacinta, thank you so much for
1: being part of the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Julie. Such great questions. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to today's episode. And I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count.